you know, you read leadership books and study and listen uh, and watch and observe. And, and really, it does come down to people. Every great organization is made up of great people. You know, I think the way that Dick has led here, Ozzy has led here, and the familiarity that you have with them, it's a family here. And, and we'll continue to operate in that fashion. You had a radio show. I did. Do those tapes exist anywhere? Can we find those somewhere in the Hampton archives? I'm sure they don't. <laughs> They've been burned by now. The piece of advice that Steve gave me said, you know, Sasha, I really want you to come in. At the end of the year, I would like for everybody to say that they enjoyed working with you. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. Free agency rolls on, but we're going to take a little bit of a pause to talk to one of the new uh, big additions to the Ravens flock, and that is our new team president, Sashi Brown. He's going to join us today, and we'll get to know him a little bit better and ask him some of the uh, questions, you know, the hard hitters. <laughs> big, put, I'm going to put my big journalism hat, the big Ooh, J hat okay. on today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, whenever you're talking to your boss, you definitely want to grill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great first impression. <laughs> No, uh, he, you know, for, for listeners who may not know, Sashi's taken over for Dick Cass, who's been here as a team president for 18 years. And, uh, Dick is retiring, uh, effective April 1. So Sashi has been kind of in this transition period for the last month, uh, meeting with a lot of folks around the building and moving into this role as a uh, team president. And so it's, uh, it, we're excited to introduce fans to him. He's going to have a very important role here, uh, for a long time. And so without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump to that interview. We are thrilled to have Sashi Brown here with us, and uh, we got to start off with the hard hitters here, Sashi. That's how that's how it works in here in the lounge. All right. First question. This one's near and dear to my heart. Can you promise that the peanut butter grinder machine and the freshly squeezed orange juice machine will stay open and available to employees, not just players? This is a big one now. All right. I've been fretting. We will. Uh... We'll take all um, suggestions, and, uh, oh, no. <laughs> and 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 I'm sure this won't be my decision at the end of the day. But <laughs> any bribes are welcome. <laughs> well, here, you know, <laughs> we can grease those palms. Yeah, exactly. We can grease those palms. The the truth here is the peanut butter machine and the orange juice machine haven't been up and running since Sashi has come on board. Yeah, so sorry. I don't know that he's you, you've truly right. kind of experienced the full enjoyment of each of those. Yeah, so I, the orange juice machine definitely sounds like it's up my alley. <laughs> nice. uh, I don't know about this peanut butter grinder. But, uh, oh, it's nice. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm a big food fan. So, okay. I mean, you have that in your corner. All right. All right. Nice to be with you guys. Yeah, nice yeah. to be with you too. Thank you. Thank you. So, what? what is, speaking of food, what's the hot stove report on the cafeteria food so far, in your opinion? Very good. Love the staff first. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's always great coming in there, and they're, they're so welcome, Manny and the rest. Um, and, uh, and it's a, a, an awesome benefit, you know, great of Steve to allow us to provide, uh, lunches and, uh, and breakfast to, to the full staff. And it's exciting to get the players again week by week, we're getting closer to get the, uh, the group back in. Well, the nice part too, if you work late enough, dinner's available too. <laughs> so don't, I mean, I've hit that trifecta many times, many times. It's a great benefit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. So. So we got the food lover. So I know this probably could be its own separate podcast. <laughs> yeah. so we could launch food, its own food at the castle. Yes, yeah. I like. We tried to get Manny on. He dodged us though. <laughs> that would be an episode. I would. I would certainly tune in. <laughs> so, uh, just what has the transition been like 
for you over the past month as you've moved into this new role? Yeah, it's been it's been fun to get back into kind of an NFL mindset. Uh, but but the best part has been just meeting the people here, and um, you know I think across the board I've been impressed with uh, with the folks, uh, the passion that they bring, uh, the way the group works together has really stood out as well. Um, so, you know across departments and uh, you know that's been impressive uh, and and certainly sad to see Dick go. He's been a guy I've looked up to for uh, several decades now. Um, and I know he's going to be missed here. So the first thing we should do is really pay tribute to him yeah. uh, and the steadiness and the teams he's built and the, um, you know, I think the buy-in to, you know, the commitment to championship level operation of the organization and keeping football first, treating people really well here, you know, that, that work for the Ravens and, you know, our impact uh, and, and commitment to the community has been tremendous. And that really just, you know the whole organization steeped in those those core values uh, and, that, and that mission. So um, we're excited to get back uh, post free agency. We've got the draft coming up. You know players will be back here soon with workouts, and uh, I can't wait. Can't wait. Fire it up. So I think the one of the tougher things whenever you step into a new job is remembering everybody's name. Yeah. Do you have a trick for doing so? I have a, a Facebook that is on my desk, and I try to go department by department. <laughs> Daily. Uh, oh to, wow! Okay. To, to get up the this, the cliff, and it, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. <laughs> so I'm getting there, and I say, you know, I always judge myself by as I pass people in the hallways. You know, out of ten, how many how many am I naming? And that's a good barometer. I got a long way to go. <laughs> how are you doing on the? Hey, you. <laughs> you become really adept at that. <laughs> Great to see you. But uh, no, it's 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 been good meeting everybody and, and spent a lot of times, a lot of time so far in meetings. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm looking forward to sitting down with everybody in the organization one on one in the coming month or two uh, as we head into the spring. So be good. So, so let's back up just a little bit. You know, when did how did Dick first reach out to you, and what was your kind of first impression when when you got the call or the text or the email or whatever it was to say, hey, I'd like to talk to you. I'm retiring, and I'd like to talk to you about this opportunity. You know, Dick and I would stay in touch every once in a while, maybe once a year. We'd speak, bump into each other somewhere or have occasion. Um, but we, we didn't touch base much more often than that. Uh, I had – Dick and I really probably had more serious conversations late in the year last year, um, uh, early in, uh, in this this first year, I think when they had a handle on – that he really was was committed to retiring and and that they wanted to make make a change and so we had a good conversation about um, you know what was uh, the organization's state of, of of affairs and you know what he was leaving behind and what my experience had been my interests were professionally and and whether there was a fit and it was a good open conversation and I think you know I, I came away with that you know certainly intrigued. Um, and and then the opportunity to really come back to Dick with some questions of my own about uh, the role, um, about Steve, who I had met several times but hadn't spent a lot of time with, just knew him by reputation. And once I understood kind of how the organization operates uh, and better understood the role, I uh, became increasingly excited about it. Um, and, and, you know, following, you know, in, in Dick's footsteps that um, – you're going to be on solid ground, right? So you weren't coming into an organization 
um, that that you know was was going to need a lot of uh, attention fixing change uh, because Dick's just so steady, right? He just mm-hmm. leads through his character and um, you know, as I said, you know, wisdom and experience, and so the organization's in great shape, and you know, we've got exciting platform uh, from which to kind of chase these championships moving forward. Now, I know you enjoyed your time at Monumental Sports and with the Wizards and others. Uh, you know, but was there any part of you that, that wanted to get back into the NFL? I, I know you were, you were focused on your job, I'm sure. I'm not trying to imply not, but, you know, the NFL is the NFL, right? Was there a part of you that wanted to come back? You know, I, I grew up, you know, my, my mornings I was trying to dribble and be Isaiah Thomas. The afternoons I was, <laughs> I was uh, trying to be uh, Daryl Green, um, played play basketball and football more than any two sports. So they really are my two loves. Basketball is in my family too. So my right. grandfather was uh coach at Kentucky State back in, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the mid-20th century. And um, then my, um, you know, growing up, I think, you know, my, my my family just always was around and in sports. I grew up and some of my best friends in life are guys that I started playing basketball and football with at three, four, five years old and <laughs> in my neighborhood. So it's always been something that's been a passion of mine. Um, but but as I've grown, you know, this is odd to say, but my passion for sports has become, um, you know, equally rivaled by my passion for building great organizations Mm -hmm. and um and i think that combination is what you find here uh and it starts again as i said with uh steve bashotti and and his family and and you know i think it trickles right on down through ozzy and uh john and and eric and dick um and the rest of the leadership group here so we've talked about dick a good amount and you know for for listeners who may not know this you guys worked together you know at your first job as a lawyer in, in Washington, D.C., um, and it was the law firm that Dick ran, and you got to work you know, under him and learn from him. And, and what were your impressions of him at that time? Like, What did you take away from working with him at that time? And then just does it mean a lot to follow in his path you know, here to Baltimore? It does. It has some real meaning. And you, know, you have a personal relationship with Dick, so you want to make sure that uh, you know, you're honoring his legacy with, with continued steady and, and an innovative leadership and certainly want to bring that to the table. And I'm confident I can, although I won't fill all the shoes. I think I can get a good amount of the way there and hopefully in time, fill them all. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, as I said, an honor, I think an honor to be affiliated with the organization, an honor to take the baton from, from Dick. Um, and he was one of the, you know, great partners in the firm that I joined, Wilmer Cutler Pickering, back in 2002 when I finished up law school and came here very deliberately to that firm, uh, in part because of the practice that, that Dick had built. Mm. And he and I worked on you know a handful of transactions over the years that I was there before I went in-house to uh, the Jaguars, which was uh, necessitated by the fact that Dick came here to be you know, president <laughs> of the Ravens, uh, but learned a lot from him, watching him, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, trained and, and working alongside him too as a young associate uh, and, and very few young associates have a great sense of what they're doing in the firm so we're, we're like ducklings and you, you absorb a lot from you know the senior partners and, and other uh, more experienced lawyers in the firm and so he's someone who's had a uh, major impact on, on my career. So, so you were involved at that time with Dick or with Steve Bashotti purchasing the majority stake of the Ravens right you helped work on that so 
What was your first impressions of Steven? I know you're talking about your boss right now. <laughs> you know, we didn't see Steve a lot. I mean, you know, at the firm, we, we were pretty distant. So I think I saw him at uh, closing, and, uh, and, and that was brief, and we had a very uh, enormous amount of paper for him to sign. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll recall that, that Steve bought the Ravens in kind of two tranches. And right. so it was that second tranche that, uh, that I was involved with as a young associate. And uh, I remember the team that worked and, you know, Dick was the management and relationship partner, uh, on it, but it was a great experience. Um, and, uh, just ironic that here I am, you know, 20 plus years later, um, in this, in this role and having this opportunity to work with Steve. Now I know Steve likes to light up a cigar after the draft as a little celebratory cigar. Okay. So are you a cigar smoker? Are you going to light one up? I am not. <laughs> You're going to be like me just coughing. <laughs> I've been around enough smoke in my days that I, I don't think I'll, I'll cough and, uh, to each his or her own, but everyone's got their vices. Cigars aren't mine. <laughs> so can you just talk about, uh, you know, what Steve has talked to you about, about kind of your year one mission, what he wants to see you accomplish in year one. Yeah, he gave me some great advice. You know, we had a good conversation down at his home in Florida uh, and laughed a lot and shared stories and experiences and uh, just philosophy generally mm -hmm. uh, and was able to meet the family there and see his home and, you know, how he conducts himself. Uh, and he's just so charismatic and engaging with people, right? So that's yeah. the first thing that jumps off the page. You know, he's just right into you like he's known you forever. <laughs> uh, so so that's very endearing. And, you know, uh, I'm sure uh, I've heard this story, you know, about 30 times since I've been here about people's first impressions of Steve around the building. <laughs> so that's that's a great benefit to us, uh, both in here with the 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 staff, but also with the players when they come back too, because I think they know that he's got his back. They, he's got their back mm -hmm. and uh, that he, he does engage with them and respects them as people first uh, and, and players second. Um, so, so the, the piece of advice that Steve gave me said, you know, Sash, I really want you to come in at the end of the year. I would like for everybody to say that they enjoy working with you, mm. which, which is meaningful. And, you know, you read leadership books and study and listen uh, and watch and observe. And, and really it does come down to people. Every great organization, I've said this, I think I said this in the town hall when I first said it, that every great organization is made up of great people. Uh, that's, that's the common theme. And you can have great ideas and great processes and systems and intellectual property and technology. But at the end of the day, you know, it comes back to the people and how they're able to, to work together. And so, uh, uh, that that will, has been and will continue to be a point of emphasis for the Ravens and for me as the president. You know, it's interesting. I, I've told people this whenever they ask about what's like, what's it like working for the Ravens, and it, it does feel in a lot of ways like a small business, and, and that seems almost contrary when you think NFL and it's so public and, and it's so big. But in reality, like everybody here knows each other's name, and and they and they, um, it just has that kind of family feel. And some people have been here since 1996 yeah, and, met their wives here and husbands here. yes yeah. yes there's been a lot of that yeah <laughs> shocking amount of that yeah <laughs> and so like is that important for you like we've grown a lot in in the 10 years that i've been here we've grown enormously in that time um but but is it is that kind of small business family atmosphere something that is important to maintain even as the company and the business all that continues to grow i enjoy it yeah you know, i think for different people it may it may get 
to be something that they wouldn't enjoy. For me, I, I, I enjoy that. I, I enjoy more intimate relationships and settings. I also think it makes us far more nimble. Um, but it's pretty consistent across professional sports teams. There may be a few that that feel large and more corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think the way that uh, Dick has led here, Ozzy has led here, and the familiarity that you have with them, um, and John and Eric and Steve, uh, hopefully is something that we can continue where it feels, again, uh, as much as, as as a business, it's a family here. And, um, and, and we'll continue to, to, I think, operate in that fashion uh certainly the the public um you know footprint of the ravens is enormous right national international in many ways Uh, but at the end of the day it's about you know 300 people coming together to win football games um and, and provide great fan experiences and and so you get a chance to know not only the individual colleagues but their families too over the years and that is special and throughout my time and i've worked for you know, several different sports organizations in two different leagues now. And and the relationships with the people are the thing that, that lasts and that you remember. Right. Now, you wear a lot of hats as a team president. And so I'm going to read them off, on the, off right, the paper here right. so I make sure I don't miss any. Okay. So you oversee all business areas of the organization, including finances, budgeting, non-football personnel, corporate sales, operations, communications, and business ventures. So my question is, which is your favorite department? <laughs> uh, broadcast and podcast. There we go. Yeah. Just fishing, fishing for the compliments. Um, no, great people. Yeah, it's it's a um, it's quite the scope. And again, I think the only way you could do a job like that is to have great people underneath you. And so I've been really warmed by all the leaders I've met and their teams as well. Um, and so, uh, every day is different. You know, right. there's always something that, that comes up, keeps me on my toes and, uh, not sleeping too well at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you know, our boss, Michelle Andres, you, you met her, uh, back when you were working for the Jaguars right. and, and they sent you up here to Baltimore to kind of pick her brain about the digital media operation up here. So right. what were your takeaways then uh, about the operation that we run here and, uh, how did it influence you? Yeah, I think the first thing I noticed is, man, they're doing this a lot better than we were in Jacksonville at the time. And we wanted to try to get up to speed. Uh, so I, Michelle was kind enough to reply to an email and phone call mm-hmm. and, and invite me up to, uh, to, to the castle here. Um, and we had, we spent about a half a day uh, and just understanding and, and, you know, kind of her philosophy and the organization's philosophy and their investment in this space, right. That was new uh, to mm-hmm. all of us and that we are figuring out and that, Teams are still and organizations are still trying to figure out as uh, social media has erupted and become almost the uh, the primary form of communication right. and, and information dissemination. So uh, it's a powerful tool. Um, it was then. I don't think any of us understood it certainly then as well as as we do today. And Michelle was at the forefront then, and she's at the forefront now. Uh, and, and I think when you look at our programs and the way we're able to engage and provide information and insights to uh, the flock out mm-hmm. there, uh, it's, it's, it's a great asset for us and something that we'll continue to invest in. So, uh, um, you know, I think uh, when, I, when I came up from Jacksonville, we were very much at the, uh, uh, the initial stages of understanding that. And I think learning from, you know, your peers is something that, uh, that, that if you're humble enough can, can be a great boon to your career and, and to your organization's success. And, and, uh, 
was able to do that. And, and that wasn't the only time I came to Baltimore to learn mm-hmm. a little bit about how to get better uh, more quickly than I thought I'd be able to organically. Now, I heard you say you're going to continue to invest in digital media. See, I'm <laughs> loving this interview already, <laughs> Sashi. You're, you're already well you're on your way fishing. to Steve's goal <laughs> of, of making right. friends. <laughs> you, you know, like I uh, – I'm curious of your role of, or your view of analytics. I think that I think from an outside perspective, when you were in Cleveland, it was analytics came up as a buzzword a lot. You know, it's something that, that you were certainly yeah. you know a proponent of um, and valued. Like, an analytics is a big word that means a, a million different things to different people. Mm. I, I'm just curious how you view the role of analytics in terms of shaping you know organizational decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've talked about this over the years quite a bit. Um, somehow I've gotten labeled as the analytics guy, uh, <laughs> which I, I think is, is quite the misnomer. And the folks I know from it, that are data scientists and true, uh, folks that, that I think come from that discipline, uh, laugh at it, um, <laughs> with me. But, uh, I would, so, so let me start kind of my philosophies. I think when you have complicated systems, and big decisions to make, you want the best information. And that information can come from a lot of different sources. And increasingly over the last decade, um, big data has been, you know, something that, that, you know, has been quite insightful. And, you know, from my time in Cleveland, when I think that label got started, you know, my job from the ownership group there, but also my personal philosophy was let's just get the best information on the table to be able to support the decisions that we need to make. And that can come from right and should come from a variety of sources and not simply from, from one discipline. I do think one of those disciplines can be, if you have a, a good robust system in place and good people in place, um, can come from, from data and analytics, certainly. Uh, but that shouldn't exclusively govern any or dictate any decisions. So I'm a believer in it, um, as I'm a believer in, you know, scouting and coaching insights. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think it's certainly something that you know the Ravens have have gotten very good at, uh, and you know it's proliferated across all you know different corners of the economy um, and industries. But but sports because it's measured right mm-hmm. so so well down to the tenth of a second where the ball and everybody on the uh, the court is in, in in basketball or on the field and and baseball and football. Uh, we have all this information that can you can pull insights from, um, but it can be overwhelming at the same time. So you really have to have you know a good understanding of it and and enough humility about all the information that's being brought to bear on a decision. Right. So you bring up the Browns. You worked there for five years. The who? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never heard of them. <laughs> Your role kind of uh, evolved there. The last two years being the de facto general manager there making personnel decisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, you made a lot of tough decisions there. Yes. Uh, and, and you, at the same time, stockpiled a lot of uh, ammunition uh, in terms of draft picks, in terms of salary cap space. And, and as a result, you know, you guys took some lumps. The Browns took the lumps during that time. But it you is. kind of like, you set them up, not kind of, you set them up to be in a position to have a very talent-rich roster, which they have now. Uh, and then things ended. Unfortunately, yes. Well, fortunately for us well, now, yeah. <laughs> things work out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. How do you look back on that time and, and how it shaped you as an executive and as a person? Yeah, I think the first thing is, um, and and my kids went to school uh, outside Cleveland, and one of the big 
things that they would come home and it just struck me is their their school had this model of be a risk taker be a <laughs> risk taker and they would come home really excited uh, and someone would fall off a bike and bump their head and i was a risk taker <laughs> pick ellison robeson up and put them back on the bike and off they'd go but 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 i would say i think you know individually um you, you shouldn't be afraid to challenge yourself and take on challenges and um you know, it was something that took a bit of convincing to, to, to do. Um, but it was a great experience for, for me to lead number one. Um, but, but also to, you know, have an opportunity to do something that, that may never come around again, you know, mm -hmm. in my career. Um, and so, you know, I think we all went in thinking that we were all on the same page and everybody <laughs> understood what the plan was and we quickly figured out that wasn't the case. And, you know, I won't speak much more on it. I haven't spoken publicly about it um, just because I think it's hard and there's a lot of feelings uh, <laughs> about it um, from the fan base and the organization. It's best to kind of move on. Um, but, uh, but, but I take a lot away from it. And I think going back a bit in our conversation today, I think the thing that uh, I was most proud of there is that we built uh, a front office that was really talented and innovative and diverse mm -hmm. uh, and full of, of, of high character people, a number of which are, are uh, of whom are, are still there today and that I stay in touch with. And so again, it came back to the, the people and I still stay in touch with a number of the players that uh, no tampering, uh, <laughs> I still stay in touch with a number of players that we drafted and signed there. Um, mm -hmm. And um, they're doing all sorts of things, many of whom are still playing and playing at a high level across the league. Um, but, but some of them are out of the league and I stay in touch with. Mm. So, um, those relationships, you know, last, uh, you know, a lifetime. And, uh, so, so I think both the professional experience and personal relationships were important to me and, um, and I would not change the experience. Mm -hmm. You bring up diversity and, and, you know, this is another significant, you know, talking point right now. And, and you're the second black president in the NFL, along with Jason Wright from Washington, what does that mean to you personally? It's a good, it's a good question. I'm not sure I've stepped back to, to contemplate that um, probably as much as I, I should have. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, uh, but I would say, I think it's, it's notable. I think first of all, there's um, a, one, it's, it's an indication that we're, we're not, we haven't progressed as much as we should as a league, right? That shouldn't, that just shouldn't be the case that we're sitting here in 2000 and, and 22 now, right? Right. Um, with with the ability to only look back at you know a couple, and, and it's been you know if we went back 18 months, it'd be zero. Um, mm -hmm. You know, African American presidents, and, and across the league's got a lot of work to do. Um, like society has a lot of work to do, uh, and so I, I know there's commitment from the NFL. I know there's commitment from the ownership group. Um, and you know, Ozzy meant so much just seeing Ozzy to, and, and I know so many of the other general managers across the league, um, that, that I would speak to that are, you know, African-American and then look at that example. Um, and as you, as, as my experience has been in senior leadership roles, I also spend a lot of time with folks, you know, on the staffs, uh, in the organizations that I'm part of, um, and, men and women uh, who, you know, are minorities have, have come up to me consistently and said, you know, I know I don't work for you, but it just means a lot to see you in that position. Mm. Um, so, you know, you take that seriously. And, and the first thing is you want to do an excellent job, right? Uh, and, and, and so it takes on a little bit more meaning for you. 
Um, and so, you know, you're, you're proud of that. But my father grew up drinking from a colored water fountain. So in mm-hmm. my lifetime to see, you know, um, you know, kind of the progress that's been made, it's meaningful. Um, and it's something that, um, that, that I'm proud of and grateful for the opportunity. Do you think, you know, you're one of 32 in, in this leadership position that you're in. Is that something that you kind of want to carry that torch to league meetings and whatnot and, and push for, you know, look, we've, we've made some progress in some ways, but in terms of coaching, in terms of, in terms of front office diversity, like you said, we have a ways to go still, you know, is, is that, kind of a mission for you to say, hey, we need more diversity in the upper levels of the NFL? I, I think so. I think, you know, first going back to the, the central point of, like, why diversity? You know, and, and we talked about excellence and championship, uh, chasing championships here. And I just don't think if you look across and you say, hey, we're trying to get the most talented people, and you look across a, a staff and there's no women or right. no Latinx uh, or what have you, whatever the representation is, you know, black, Asian, what have you, that that you that you're being honest with yourself in terms of being, you know, finding the right talent out there. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, diversity is about excellence at its core, um, and and so you certainly want to do that. I, and I think we all have an op- op- a responsibility. You know, finished up Hampton, and at Hampton, you know, they taught us. Uh, a phrase, you know, it's it's pretty common, I think, amongst a lot of the HBCUs and within the black community, which is lift as you climb, um, mm. which is, you know, as as you ascend, that you have a responsibility to reach back and make sure that others coming behind you uh, have some of the opportunities or you're paving a, a little bit easier way from, for, for those right. that are coming behind you. And so that's certainly something that's, uh, you know, I think important to Steve, was important to Dick and, and Ozzy and Eric and John as well. And so we will we will absolutely you know, make that a, a core piece of what we're about here at the Ravens and continue that. Right. So, so Sasha, before we finish up here, I, I want to sh- – you shared this with us when we met with you as a group that when you were in college, this whole – this this radio podcasting thing isn't necessarily new to you, okay? So when you were in college – Podcasts. Well, the podcast yeah. is yeah. yeah. same. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of similarities. I know where you're going. You, this is yes. not a good direction. You had you, – <laughs> so This you, is what I get for sharing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you had a you had a radio show. I did, and it was slow jams. Well, my primary radio show. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> was an afternoon jazz show. Okay. Ooh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I did uh, color and a little bit of play by play for both football and basketball teams at Hampton. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. And then you started working for ESPN. You worked for them for a little bit, right? I did. I did. I did. But I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just, you know, you had, so you had the slow jam so. So it, are, is there any way we're going to hear it? Do those tapes exist anywhere? Can we find those somewhere in the Hampton archives? I'm sure they don't. <laughs> They've been burned by now. And I'm still a trustee there, so there'll be a uh, heck to pay if, uh, if they do show up. Um, no, I... I, I I did on occasion, you know, obviously students have finals and things like that. So the guy that did the slow jam show called me a couple of times. He said, Hey, you know, I, I need to study. Can you do my show? And, um, you know, it was like, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what the show was called. Um, <laughs> but it was appropriately named. And, you know, so my, de- my job was to go play kind of the slow jam show from, right. uh, from like nine to 11 at night. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And now you have four and children. All the rest. I had one other one. So you grew up in Boston. Just a little bit about your background. Yeah. Uh, you were born in Boston, grew up in the Northeast. Uh, so growing up, 
don't say it so. Tom Brady fan? I mean, you're only a year older than Tom. I know. Tom and I met for the first time at a party. Uh, I think he was just a young patriot at the time. Okay. Um, and um, we had some mutual folks, and uh, I, I I was not a fan of the Patriots growing up. I actually grew up, most of my growing up was in Connecticut. Okay. So I had, other than the Hartford Whalers and the Yukon Huskies, I had no uh, local team. And, right. and the Patriots at that point weren't quite the dominant New England team that everybody grew to love. So I, I grew up a Washington fan, a Washington football team, Washington Commanders fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, okay, Montreal Canadiens, mm. and when the, the Whalers moved, um, uh, Whalers part of that, and UConn Huskies. Those were those were my teams. Uh, okay. Basketball is all over the place. I like players more than anything, but I was a Lakers, Lakers, Sixers fan. Right, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Now, now, uh, pre kids for me, uh, I used to, we used to get down there and play some basketball down the courts down there. This is long. You can probably tell looking at me now. <laughs> it's been a little while since I played. Okay. But when you're ready, I mean, there's an open invitation. I'll get back on the court, Sashi, when you come back on the court and we'll play. Well, um, <laughs> that that does not mean good things for your basketball playing. <laughs> um, and I, I don't mean that. I, I It's been a long time since I've been on a basketball court, seriously, and it'll be a long time before I get back on there. <laughs> You don't need to be serious. We can play a little bit of horse. We can, we can play a little bit of horse. How about a little horse? Yeah. All right, and we then can do that after we play. We'll 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 announce the uh, result. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll be the judge. I'll be the arbiter here. The jump shot is not. I'm strictly a rebound. Oh, when you miss a lot, you get a lot of opportunity for offensive rebounds. Uh, I know what that means. You like to hack people. <laughs> yes, bingo. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much. We're really excited to have you here. We appreciate the time. We know you're a very busy guy, and uh, thank you for stopping by the lounge today. Fun to be here, and I appreciate it, guys. Look forward to the next time. Well, great stuff from Sashi. Uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing him on the, the uh, court here pretty soon. <laughs> I can, You know, I'm telling you, he didn't really know about the peanut butter yet. Once that comes back... He didn't seem that interested in the peanut butter, though. Maybe he's not. He's, maybe, maybe he's not, not a big, peanut butter guy. It didn't. It didn't sound to me like he was making that a top priority on his list. That should have been a follow up question. That was a missed <laughs> opportunity. Are you a peanut butter guy? The four the four food questions you had to solve. Oh, I had a lot more. That, that, that wasn't cr- enough. I had to cross them off. I had a lot <laughs> more in the chamber there. Okay, but once he tries it, though, he could become a peanut butter guy. I mean, mind blowing. Just. That's true. Mind-blowing. So, all right, we're going to give you some thoughts on free agency here and answer uh, your questions from email. But before they do that, before we do that, we want fans to know that the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. It still has daily fantasy contests running for those who are looking to have skin in the game. So that's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. You can assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then you sit back and you watch your points pile up. So what you need to do is you download the DraftKings app today and sign up using the code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. Again, the code there at DraftKings is FLOCK. So get that done today. We have a question in the, uh, in the mailbag. We don't really eh, – it's not the mailbag. That's a different thing. Yes. I don't want to confuse people. There is the mailbag. We don't really have a name for it, right? We, you send us an email. You can always email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. This one comes from Riley Runberg, and Riley says, Sup, boys? I like that. <laughs> uh, good day to my favorite podcast hosts, Ryan and Garrett. 
I should probably throw a shout out to Cliff Brown as he keeps filling in for you guys and doing a, fanta- a fantastic job. Shout out, Cliff. Least. Shout out to Clifton. It says uh, Riley says, hope everything is going well on your on your end. Been loving the off season podcast episodes. Uh, he says now he's got a couple questions. With Morgan Moses coming into the squad, is he good enough to be the day one right tackle starter opposite Ronnie? With that being said, is Juwan James someone who can move to left guard, or are we still are we still uh, have our hopes high for Big Country Bang Cleveland? Unless we draft the center, it's probable that McCary fills in for that in that role to start the year. So, what's going to happen with Juwan James? Possible move to left guard. What do you think? Well, the first question is Morgan Moses good enough to be the starting right tackle? Yes. I expect him to be the day one starter as right tackle. Yeah, he got a question about that. Like, are you ready to compete for the right tackle role in his opening press conference? And I was like, wait, what? I know. I mean, what? I mean, the offense. He was signed to be the starter. Yeah. And and also, the offense line coach, Joe D, was sitting up there at the press conference too and said he can step in right away at right tackle. So Morgan Moses is going to be the right tackle. Unless. Unless there were to be, you know, unless Ronnie were not to be ready, and then they're, if they're shuffling or anything like that, right. but but Morgan Moses is going to be a starting tackle on this offensive right. line and right tackle. Now, what's that mean for Juwan James? I think that it's been shown over the years, many many times, that you have to have a good swing tackle, right? That that third number three offensive tackle is a very important job on a football team, and one that I'm willing to you know spend a little money on too. I'll throw it back to my guy, James Hurst, because I always do. I mean, he played a lot of snaps, right? Yeah. And he was never penciled in that I recall as like the week one starter necessarily, you know? So he was a starter. At tackle, at, yeah. He was a starter at, at left guard. At guard he yeah. was right. Um, but not at tackle. So, but he played a lot of snaps at tackle uh, during his tenure. So to me, I'm comfortable with Juwan James being that guy. He's got experience. He knows, you know, he's a good player. Um, and now there's still questions. He hasn't played football in a long time. Yeah. So he's got to come out, you know, in, in spring and, and over the summer in training camp and prove that, you know, he's ready to go, which I expect that he will. So, yeah, I mean, to me, that's the offensive line is, is certainly still in flux here. It's not settled by the, well, and you could draft somebody high. You're taking one in the first round. Don't think you're coming off. (laughs) But, but on James, like Juwan James, like I know we've gotten a ton of questions about him since the Ravens signed him. And he could turn out to be a, a still a, a really good player, but I think that with him, like it's still very much a, a wait and see in my mind. Like he hasn't played football in what three years? He missed an entire this entire year with the Achilles. So like I, I'd like to see before we're saying like, oh, this guy's going to be your. We're going to move him now. Now we're talking about moving him to guard. Like there's no, still, he's not going to play guard. There's still like I, I want to see the guy on the field in a into practice before well, we make in any sort of assessments. Well, he had, a, according to Jeff Zrebeck, a $500,000 roster bonus that triggered on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So that plays a part in this. To me, the fact that you know he's still around, the, the Ravens could have potentially moved on from him and saved some space on the salary cap. But once that triggers, to me, that's an indication of, yeah, he's here to stay. Like He's going to be part of this mix. Yeah, I think, I think he'll be part of the mix. I also think with McCary, like, you know, depending on what happens with center, I think McCary, the, one of the best things about McCary is his super sub. Exactly. He's a backup for all well, of Well, right now, he's the starting center, in my opinion, yeah, well, as of right now. Well, he has a, yes, he could be the starting center. Cologne could be the starting center. Rookie could be the starting center. Could be the starting center. Signing J.C. Treaders, right. somebody that we've talked about. So, but, but if McCary is not the starting center, then he's super sub. He can put exactly. back up all five offensive line positions. Right, and then you have he, him and Juwan James, really, as two 
super subs. McCarry really is any of the interior spots, probably your top guy. Uh, now the Ravens have a number of Tyree Phillips. Let's not forget about him. Yeah. He, he's going to factor into that mix and, and the competition at left guard. I do think that Ben Cleveland at the end of the day is if I'm just handicapping it right now is probably, I'd say he's probably my week one starter at left guard, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be a good, that'll be one of the better competitions in my opinion in training camp will be left guard between Ben Cleveland uh, Tyree Phillips, and, and let's not forget about Ben Powers, who's played a lot of games too. Yeah, so, uh, again, the offensive line is still very much uh, under construction, not settled by any means. Riley, gonna... Riley has another question okay. here. He, actually, he's got probably five more. you got, <laughs> you got to pick one more from Riley. <laughs> it says, signing Marcus Williams is a humongous, in all caps, move. He says, depending on Marcus and Marlon's health, we could have the most dominant secondary in the league. Do you think going cornerback early is smart in the draft? Personally, I think we need to go D-line or edge rusher with our first-round pick. Uh, he said he liked David Ajabo, but he had a recent injury at his pro day. Uh, well, you've been talking corner for a while now as a first-round option. So pounding that drum. So, yeah, we'll double down on that. I, I still think uh, cornerback, in my opinion, would be the most likely pick. Derek Singley, Trent McDuffie would be two of the names. Obviously, Sauce Gardner would be. I think be a dream pick. I don't think that he makes it to 14. I'm just, now I'm seeing my guy Trayvon Walker mocked at number two. I know. I saw him actually. I, I saw. I think Mel might have had him at six in his latest I'm mock draft. Him at number two now. This is getting out of control. Well, you've already taken him at 14, so you can't come off. No, of I did not. <laughs> you already have taken him at 14. No, no. So anyway, I, I think it, I certainly think it could be a cornerback. I mean, you, you look back to when Marlon Humphrey was drafted. Like I've said before. You know, it wasn't that the Ravens had a, even an opening at a starting spot then when they drafted Marlon Humphrey, but obviously that was a great pick, and he became that guy. Right now, yeah, they don't have a starting, in air quotes, you know, one of the two cornerbacks position open, but you have to have, you really have to have at least three very high-quality cornerbacks, especially in this division, to compete. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I wouldn't rule it out. Um so I think that that is certainly possible. So as always, you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Let us know what questions you have around free agency. Uh, also, uh, the draft is obviously right around the corner. So send in the questions that you have. And we'll be working on another guest, too. we got a couple of uh, coals in the fire. On, is that yep, the, right, is yep, that the yep. correct phrase there? I-, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, you had to retape this. We got two chances at it. And I, and I, well, I stuck with the same one. You stuck time. with the same one. I think you got it. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> so we're working on that. Uh, we'll keep you posted on whether we're able to uh, get embers? some additional. Embers in the fire? Well, coals and embers are kind of the same thing, right? The embers shoot off. This is not good for Sashi. <laughs> <to hear this. laughs> Hopefully Sashi turned it off after his interview. He was like, yeah, I sounded great. I'm turning this off. <laughs> Um, but we're working on some other guests. Uh, and again, thanks to Sashi for joining us. Hope fans enjoyed getting to know him a little bit. So thanks for listening, and we will talk with you again soon.